And so the story begins with a beautiful, heavenly butterfly named Hallie Grace. Butterflies represent colors, joy, and change, and this story has it all. Hallie Grace was born with a rare genetic connective tissue disorder called junctional epidermolysis bullosa. EB is often called the worst disease you've never heard of. Although her earthly trip was short, her journey continues to fly high. Honey butterfly Welcome to the Grace, Grief, and Grit podcast. I'm Dee Daniels and so excited for another episode to bring you another guest. And this one's going to be really, really special. I hope you had the chance to listen to uh, one of our previous episodes with Hodges Caldwell Jr. And we called him one of the most dynamic, inspiring individuals you will ever get to know. And it is the truth. And it is a very, very good episode. And I hope that you uh, have had the chance to listen to it. What I'm so excited about is that uh, not only am I joined on this episode with Ann Davis, but also we're going to be joined with Hodge's sister. Um, this is really, really cool. And and so we get a different perspective and and really get to have this great conversation. Sarah Groom, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here. We appreciate it. Hi, thank you for having me. So excited you're here. Here, I'm excited to be here. I'm all week. I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. It really is such fun. a joy to have you, Sarah. Um, and before we we get into kind of your your background and and your relationship with Hodges, which I can't wait to get into. And you know, I I just wanted to sort of give our listeners a little inside um, look into sort of what we talk about when we are planning for content for the podcast is one of the things that we talk about is how important the whole team is around, uh, those that are are walking with EB, uh, those that are trying to learn about it and those that are going through a loss and all of the pieces, everyone involved is so important. And we really want to touch on each of those pieces. And that's, that's one of the reasons we wanted to also highlight Sarah's uh, journey as well with EB, because it's, it's really important to, to bring the siblings to the forefront of not only what they're going through um, on a day-to-day basis, but like what their, their process is like. Yeah. I think it's super important. And Sarah, you obviously can jump in later when we're talking about all this stuff, because you're going to be telling us your experience of it. But I think as um, any family going through any sort of complex medical thing, or even any family that has any sort of traumatic thing, which, you know, trauma therapists here, so I I hear this a lot, um, oftentimes the people who uh, have the condition or are going through it themselves are the ones that are highly focused on. And then oftentimes there's siblings or, you know, other family members that are kind of not thought of and not, you know, it's, it's like not um, common knowledge that it would be something that they're also going through, even though they're not the person necessarily affected by the condition um, physically. Right. But you are impacted by the condition. Right. Um, 
and your family's going to look very different, I'm sure. And like how yeah. you're growing up is going to look very different. Like all of that is going to be just a whole different experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously like I'm seeing that with my own kids. So I'm excited to see, you know, what your experience was. It's obviously a little bit different, but just kind of like as a sibling with someone that has EB, what was your life like? How did you learn about it? Like, we're going to talk about all that stuff. Cause I think that can even help me as a parent to make sure that I'm there for them too, you know? So I feel like there's a lot that I can learn from you today also. Hello, so I was like, look, I'm ready to learn some myself and <laughs> discover what I went through as a child. So this is exciting. <laughs> That's true. It's probably going to be a little reflective for you, right? Like yes. you're going to have to kind of go back and be like, man, what was life like? <laughs> That's so, true. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. And, you know, um, uh, Sarah, I think one of the things that really struck me when we sat down and talked to Hodges was um, just how long his journey has been, um, how how uh, uphill it's been in so many ways, um, you know, and and he's such an inspirational man, you know, to to just be in his presence is, is really awesome. You sort of feel his energy and he's, he, I hope, I hope our listeners had a chance to go and, 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 and actually see pictures of him. And, and he's just got this vibe about him. That's just, yeah. just yeah. amazing. And it so exudes. Yeah. It exudes, that's right. He's got like swag. I, he feel does. Like. I was just about to say that. Like <laughs> he exudes cool. He exudes like that swag that, litness to him yes. it's like naturally it's, so it's like true. you feel when he enters a room literally yes. like people like turn heads and like man this like yeah. this vibe this presence came in yeah he's yeah. he's a he's a cool he's a cool cat um no <laughs> doubt about it and and the, and he just he 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 gives off this energy that you just want to know more about him and and his journey so, um, you know, we learned from him that, you know, he was was dealing with this at, at such a young age and and it became very clear. When did you know where, where, where were you in that process where you knew what was going on with Hodges and that uh, he had this very rare uh, disease and that something needed to be treated? And, and where were you in that process? Um, well, I came 12 years later. Um, so we're about 12 years apart. Um, so my mother, Jennifer, um, took my brother Hodges to New York, uh, Rockefeller, uh, hospital. So that was, I want to say eighties, um, I want to say in the eighties. So when I became aware of it, they almost had it down pat. So by the 90s, when I was born, um, he came from um, New York and they also traveled around. So they stayed in Virginia and that's where my mom settled down. Um, So I got the tail end of all of the experiences that they would share and pass down on to me of what happened. Um, And it all started to come together when I would go to um, like certain orientations. And then we started going to um, like, it was a Texas, uh, I want to say 
the Texas um, EB Deborah event and yeah. um, certain things like that, where all of the stories that my mom and my brother would say to us growing up, I'm like, oh my God, everything is getting put together. I get all the pieces and I have to get it from my mother because I just be so humble that I didn't even know until like 20 years old, he went to like Congress and got certain like bachelor band through Congress. And I'm like, you know, I'm I'm 20. I live with you, (laughs) you know, like, why am I just hearing about this in casual conversation? Um, But that's just how humble he is. So like, I am still getting new information sometimes. um, But I would say the bulk of it really hit me. I want to say when I got out of college around 24, when I really started to um, understand the science behind um, the protein deficiency and not just the name epidermospinosa and what it was and, you know, with the dermis and the skin and the three layers. And it was more in depth. Um, yeah. When we actually started hanging out together and I would just ask questions and I'm like, oh, that's what you and mommy meant. OK, I would be more inquisitive because um, at a younger age, I was more just, OK, this is my brother. Um, he yeah. does have this uh, ailment. I didn't see it like I see it now, kind of in a bigger scheme spectrum of it all uh, scientifically. But when I was younger, he was just my brother. I mean straight through and through. I mean, it was, I don't know if we're going to get there yet, but I don't want to, um, if, if you have any childhood questions, I want to state, I came at the tail end. Um, I would say of all his treatments of all the skin graphing, um, when they kind of had all the baths down pack and what to do. Um, so I was kind of used to his, um, like his bath treatments and his wound care and, it was a norm for me and with my parent, uh, my mom and my brother Hodges, it was kind of like when I came in, they were learning new things as well, but they kind of got a majority down packed by then. Um, so I would say the tail end is when I came in, when he kind of oh. was like, move sailing. <laughs> this is actually really interesting though, because that's such a, like you were born into it. So it just always was. Yes. Right. Yes. And like, I love what you said. Like, he just always was your brother. Like, he was just Hodges. He was there. It was like your norm. You grew up with it. You didn't know anything different. And so that's a very interesting perspective. And, you know, I, I was like, when we went to the Texas conference, that was the first time I seen anyone else that had his same epidermis um diagnosis and I was like I didn't know it was this many he was like yeah he was like I'm used to this you're just you know you're new to this he was like I'm used to this <laughs> and I was like wow like that brought a lot of understanding and grounding on my end because as you were saying like as I was telling you I came at the tail end of it so he was literally just my brother so Hodges was just how I treated my little brother, Gene, I treated Hodges. So, like, I was born with my dad. My brother is my mom. She worked and made sure she was the nurturer. But I was born around boys. I was raised around boys. So we were a little rough. So 
I didn't really understand, you know, the scientific um, aspect of it all. Because when we would get a little rough, I would get rough with my little brother. I would also get rough with my older brother. And come to find out as years went by, we got older. He was like, I really appreciate that um, because you didn't see uh, like a disability all the time that everyone else may have been like, hey, no, you know, like my late grandmother, maternal grandmother, Mima, she was like, don't do that there, you know, don't brush up against him. You know, his skin is really fragile. And I knew that. But being of that age, I just saw my brother as my brother. He was like my superhero. So he's my older brother. So anything he did, I did. So when he's watching MTV, I'm not supposed to be watching it. But I'm sitting up there like, ooh, what's this Beavis in my head? Or, oh, what's this new CD? Or, oh, Daria, is that a new cartoon? And it was like anything he did, he was just, my brother was like, he was my brother first. And then... He had EB second and he wasn't used to that. He was used to people, especially in New York, seeing the disability first and then knowing the person. That's actually interesting as a parent to hear as well, because I think that is such a cool relationship that you guys could have. I think that that was probably so healing for him. Um, as well as you, obviously, yeah. like what a cool connection you guys have. Cause as a parent, like when you hear that your kid has something like this, I mean, you know, like as a parent, you worry about your kids regardless. And then you hear that they're fragile. And so there's no way that you can like relax about it. <laughs> and like, at least in my opinion, like I cannot relax. I right? could imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like any little thing. I was just like, oh my God, like, don't, don't do this. Don't you know, right. this way, whatever. And mm-hmm. so like, I could totally understand why Mima is like, don't brush up against him. Cause she's, you know, from the parent side or the grandparents, side, the same thing, yeah. right. Yes. The adult side that gets it. And then here you are the little sister that's born into it and doesn't know any different. And he gets to just be Hodges. Yes, definitely. That's definitely. powerful. Exactly how it went, actually. <laughs> it grew our bond um, from when we were younger to where we are as like older adults. Yeah. And I feel like that's why I can kind of get into the nonprofit a little more organically um, because I've been with him since I was born. He'll always say, I've known you since you were born. And to me, it was like, look, this is my brother. You know, when I got out of college, I'm like, you're going to party with me. Like, I'm home now. Like, let's go. Like, I don't care. You need to need to come up these stairs. This is where we're going. This is where the party's at. This is what we're doing. And that's that's our relationship. We always put God first, Jehovah God first. And we would go to the Kingdom Hall. And as we got older, he stayed with it. He stayed with his faith. And he just was always that individual. Um, but I really think when he created EB Life, it kind of was able to broadcast and show the true, I want to say the authentic yeah. part of him um, that we all knew, but now everyone else gets to share. Um, wow. So I think that's really, really dope. <laughs> it's really cool to, to see. Yeah. I mean, what a support you have been for him. I'm just thinking of like what I know about EB. And like I said, from the parent angle and all of that stuff and psychologically speaking, even, I just feel like you probably helped him 
continue to build the swag he already had. Right. Like, I think he probably was born with it. I mean, we got to give. <laughs> I believe right. so. I see some pictures back in, I guess, the 80s to take me on his middle school dance. I was like two years old. I'm like, my, like, why am I at a middle school? Dance? But she was like, listen, I was there, too. I was a chaperone. So he had his fade, his gumbo. I don't know if he's going to oh. admit to this, but he had the gumbo fade. He had high top hair. I remember telling my husband, I was like. My brother-in-law had, I said, yeah, yeah, he had thick hair and he would, you know, get it cut into that. Like when you were thick, like super, super thick as these, of course, where you grow up and you had your families, but like in the household, we would watch movies until we were movie buffs. Like that is what we did. And like we bonded over almost everything, TV, music, uh, movies, and although I may have helped him a lot on like probably just seeing just him in general, he helped me in ways I didn't even know until I got older. Mm -hmm. I didn't know, like, I saw life in, like, a different spectrum of glasses, per se, because with him, I grew up being around him. So I could not imagine my life without him Mm -hmm. um, or how, like, he shaped who I am. Because when I go out in the world, you know, I'm more sensitive to any disability, to any ailment, to any. And I'm not sure if I would be or have that personality or be that person if I didn't grow up with my brother having that um, EB life, hardcore, just survival brave story. Um, it made me more compassionate and it made me see the world differently. So he's helped me a lot more than I'm knowing because now I'm just actually thinking about it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm not, I told myself I'm not going to get emotional. So keep it. Listen, I've cried Listen. on here so many times. <laughs> Too late girl. And we've, we've all already had emotion. Just we're, we're 10 minutes in and we've all I had know. And you're right. Like, you know, on these episodes, uh, we've cried probably on every single episode. Um, and, and we, 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 we lean into that and, and that's, and that's true. And we lean into that because, you know, I mean, that's life, right? You know, that's that's real. That's life and it's real. And I'm so struck, you know, uh, Sarah, by you just kind of knowing that that has shaped you to be, you know, who you are today. And and it has made you a more compassionate person has made you more aware and made you, made you walk in a different way. And, and, you know, without that, you know, who would you be? You'd probably be someone different. And I I'm curious while we're all feeling emotion to ask you a, a question about, was there a point um, in the, in the journey with you, uh, that you realized that, that some people do not make it through EB, that some people do not continue, um, and, and their journey is cut very short. Was there, was there a point where you realized that, um, you know, that your brother was on this, this, you know, on this path and, um, maybe that could happen to him at any given point. And, you know, when, when did that become aware, uh, you become aware of that? Um, I became aware of that at a very young age. Um, 
when my mother would always say um, that he's a miracle baby and um, he would always say, you know, Sarah, I was supposed to, you know, the prognosis or diagnosis would be that I was to pass away um, by the age of two due to um, the lack of, you know, knowledge of it in the science field and, um, you know, just due to the times um, and not having enough information on uh, the cure or even just the uh, life span to help them on their daily. Um, it was very low at that age. And um, I was like, well, wow. Uh, to my recollection at this moment, you're in high school. So I'm like, that's a lot of years. So um, I was like, my mom did a great job because in my mind that's where it clicked so it was like okay so she uprooted her whole life to literally I know a lot of moms say it I say it even um but to hear the um path that she took um that a lot of moms would go through have gone through um to hear my mom did do that um, was really um, tough for me to hear because I know she's a family person and I'm like, you really love your kids, you know, and for you to uproot your life and go to a foreign city and a foreign state um, for the love of your child. I think that's where I learned how to little bits and pieces of how to become a mother, because I was aware of how far she would go for her child and I would say at that young of an age, um, that kind of struck me because now I was thinking of life and death. And it actually brought that conversation of, okay, we all have a mortality. We all have a mortality rate. We all have a mortality date. Um, this is real. And I would always ask him, like, why aren't you scared of this? Or why aren't you scared of that? He was like, well, Sarah, I was everyone always told me I was supposed to die at two. I constantly heard it. It was not a time I didn't hear it. So I've been preparing for that since I could remember or acknowledge what they were saying to me. And that was a eye opener as well, how he saw life different for me, but we grew up in the same household. And I would actually have to say it didn't impact me like it does now until two years ago when he got into um, back into the EB community and he connected with them socially on social network. And I would be introduced to people from across the world, from India and England and different places. And I got my relationship with them and then they would pass away and it will all be like skin cancer or majority of it is skin cancer. Um, and then the death start hitting me personally. So I would say I was aware around seven or eight and understood it and thought I had some type of grasp on it, but it didn't impact me until I'm like crying at home and my kids are asking me, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, mommy's okay. But in my mind, I'm like, wow, I uh, really, really liked her. Didn't think it was going to go like that really quickly and realized that like life is really precious. And my brother is still pushing through at the age he's at now. And 
it is eye opening even to today. It's um gives me something to actually really think about, even in the times when we are good or laughing, or if we do have times where we're like, I'm not talking to you today, but then in my mind, I'm like, wait a minute, uh, you know, let me, let me backtrack a little bit. Um, so I would say the impact would have had to be like the, within the last two years and especially the year 2023, when at least two or three people personally I knew or wow. was a to live passed away. So I just got to say, I'm listening to this from so many different angles on my own end, right? So somebody who lost somebody to EB, I'm listening to this as a trauma psychologist. I'm listening to someone as this, as someone who lost their own brother around seven or eight. So right around the time that you started to kind of understand. And I just got to say like, what's impressed upon me when you're talking is so much, but like specifically how, um, what difficult concepts you had to come to terms with at such a young age. And then also how mature you are and how much you've learned from that. And like how much power you hold within you, like just hearing you talk, (laughs) like I'll get emotional, but you're just, you're just really impressive. And it's, I mean, just the way that you've learned to think about the world in, in such a different way and, and use that to be such a compassionate human is mind blowing. So I really appreciate you sharing that. That was like, it's just very touching what you went through. Yeah. I'm actually, um, as I'm talking, going through it again. Um, so that's why I'm kind of, you hear me trembling or something, it's kind of like, oh, wow, I just got that epiphany. Yeah. I was kind of talking through it. Um, yeah. So it, it definitely made me a strong uh, individual to see how strong he was, Hodges was, and constantly is, and strong my mother was and constantly is. I'm like, I don't think I have a choice. I may not even be as strong as you all, but oh my goodness. Like, oh, you uh, are. Let me try to, you know, match your energy because it's, it's, but it's see, uh, this is exactly why we wanted to talk to you because I think that people don't understand how big of an impact this has on siblings in so many ways and what the ripple effect is and both positive and negative, right? So, like, hard, I'm not going to use negative, hard or difficult is that you had to deal with all these concepts at an age that most children would never even think of it. Um, and think of that, right? Like that's early to deal with that. And your mind is still not to the point where it's like able to handle the abstract information. And so like just the processing piece that your mind went through could actually be considered traumatic on its own. Um, So you went through quite a bit of stuff there, but then on the positive end of it, I'm also just hearing how much you became you because of it, like how much of an impact Hodges and your mom and their strength had on you and what strength you developed from that. Like, and then, and then to want to become a part of the EV community and get to know all these people and pass on this compassion and kindness and not see their disability for, you know, like not treat them any different and know that they're human and all this stuff. Like I'm just watching this 
from an outside perspective. And it's such an important perspective. Like the, the whole family matters and you are a prime example of why. Thank you. <laughs> Y'all are really, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be okay. <laughs> You didn't know this was going to be a therapy session. <laughs> I didn't because as you were talking, my wheels were turning in my brain and I'm like, ooh, this is why I do this. This is why I see things this way. This is, it's kind of connecting. Um, yeah. little, this is like a 360 moment, different layers right now. So I'm a little um, taking it all in, really. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Nothing wrong with yeah. that. That's wonderful. You know, and I think too, you mentioned, um, Sarah, about, EB Lifestyle and and the fantastic nonprofit that's um, going on there. And, and of course, we talked a little bit about that in, in Hodge's episode, and we'll have the links in the show notes for this episode as well for you to go and find out everything that's going on there. Um, you know, I think being able to walk through, um, you know, something that is so heavy on your heart and your body and your mind um, and not just you as the person going through it, but then, you know, the family that's that's surrounding you as well, going through it, being able to walk through that and then start a nonprofit. Um, you know, I tell Ann this all the time, you know, they're doing that very, very thing. Um, but but being able to to take that and turn it into something where you are um, wanting to serve the community that is also hurting with the exact thing is is amazing. And it is a testament of strength, um, not only uh, on on Hodge's part and Ann and Joe's part, but on your part too, Sarah, to uh, really dive in and help these folks. And I can tell it means a lot to both you and Hodges to be a part of this EB Lifestyle organization. Yes, um, it is. It has literally changed the trajectory of what I even thought was possible. Um, I'm so used to like the Deborah conferences and, um, you know, us finding cures for different things. Um, uh, and uh, I think EB Research trying to find a cure and things of that nature. I don't even know if I thought that like my brother would even think to come up with such a brilliant one idea to execute it three brilliantly and four still bring everyone together and still go to Debrecon, still men with EB um, uh, research and then everyone that has the different types of um, epidermoscalosa. Um, so it kind of brought everyone together, I would yeah. say. Um, and for that to be my brother, I'm proud of him. And I, I'm always saying like, oh, I know you can do it. And of course I'm with you 100%, but to see it flourish, um, and how it did, I would just say miraculous, just like he is, because he was so focused and so determined getting everything right, everything done, everything. It was almost like a robot. He wanted it so airtight, so certified. Oh, this took this long to do. Let me do this again. Let me talk with the government here and make sure I get this right. Everything he was doing, it was like, gotta rock with you on this because if I rock with you, I gotta rock with what you're 
you know, supporting and what you're all about because it made me what I'm about. So, and for him to do that in where he was and he was like a sales representative and he was just living life and he was okay, you know, he was fine, but he was like, I see a need in this area, niche area where, what about right now? What about um, like, time our time right now like instantly and I'm like oh I didn't think of that you know where I was always thinking cures and you know this that and the third and funding and raising and fundraising and he was like yeah what about now let's see if we can help people right now and so when he had the idea for the scooters um at first, I thought it was a great idea, but I thought like the clothing brand would bring more funding. I'm still on the one track curable mind. He sees the the trees in the forest. Like he's way past that. I'm stuck going like, oh, well, what about? And he's like, no, Sarah, think about this. We do that. And then along the way, if they come up with the cure, great. But let's try to get people mobile. I know what it feels like, you know, to be immobile, to not be mobile and to want to do certain things uh, other people are doing to get where they are just to go outside, just to go up the street. Um, and he's like, it gets a little more difficult when they're younger. Um, more than likely their feet, if they're webbed, um, you're okay. You have a little more endurance as you get older. Um, certain limbs can fuse together, um, based off of if you're using it and other, other, you know, aspects of it, it can be bacterial. It could be whether you're using it. Uh, he has more information scientifically on that, but he does know for him uh, he's, he's an expert at that, but he does know for him as he get older, he does look at some of the younger ones and he would notice they would shift their feet left yeah. and right. And some parents would think they were doing the potty dance, pee pee dance. <laughs> and, um, some of the younger kids may not even know how to verbalize what they're doing they just know hey this feels good on this foot now let me shift it to this foot and he will literally tell them if he's in their presence right there with the parents like I know what you're doing to one connect with them to two like hey I'm, I am doing these motor um, scooters if you want one this is nice I can definitely donate this to you but I want to also give you information in real time and that's what we're doing with the nonprofit, not just providing scooters for people that need it, but we're providing like, um, you know, different as well and support to people that needed. Um, and that was one that stuck out to me, um, the shifting. And I was like, you did used to do that. And he was like, yeah, I want to help out any way I can. Like, I don't, he was like, mobile scooters are great. Ointments are great. Products are great. Um, but if I can help a parent or a child in any way, his is just to unite the EB culture and to kind of just help anyone and not just children. He wanted to make sure that it was always children, but to include the adults as well that sometimes could not be forgotten about, but could kind of be like a second thought sometimes as you get older. Yeah. So he definitely wanted like children and adult alike to get more information on it. Cause you could be at least 40 and you're like, Hey, I've been taking these baths with iodine or, Hey, can I do it with chlorine or what works for me? And he's helping 
different ranges of ages. And it's just like his nonprofit. It's his baby. <laughs> and I'm just happy to be raising it with him. Oh my gosh. I don't know if you know this, Sarah, but the one word I always think of with Hodges is it goes back to our trip to Seattle. Um, he was up there talking and he talked about unity. And I forever will connect that with him and everything you just said matches that so well. I feel like that is just his vibe. He like loves everybody, wants everybody involved. There's never any competition that you feel from him. Um, I think the nonprofit fills such an important void that nobody else thought of. And so I love that it bridges that gap and it's got its own niche and people need it so much. Cause you're right. Like the now is important too, right? Like I think we can all get really stuck in that. We want to find a cure. And of course we want to find a cure, right? Like, of course, yeah. but <laughs> what do people do in the meantime though? Like you can't just let people suffer. Right. Yeah. So I love that about him. I feel like I actually learned a lot from him. And one of our ways that we wanted to, I don't want to say shift because I think we were doing this, but I was more aware that one of, for our nonprofit, one of the things we wanted to do was connect with individuals that currently have EB and their families and help them out in other ways too, to help the now because of what Hodges said. Like he inspired us to make connections such a huge piece of what we do because the now is so important. So I just, I mean, you should be absolutely proud of him, but also of you, because you guys are just do, like, you're killing it out there. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm so, I'm, I wish I had more words to describe it, but it's really just, I'm proud of his braveness for him to just go out there and do what he's doing out the necessity of literally not because he had to do it, um, but he just wanted to do it. And that goes to his mindset of how brave he is and creating a, you know, um, lane to where no one's, if they thought of it, maybe, you know, he's finally able to make it a reality. Um, and he, I'm like, you're doing this on top of everything. You know what I yeah. mean? And I have to real remind myself of that. And I'm like, he's doing this on top of everything he has to do on everything, the the wound care and the certain days that he has to get in the, the health insurance that we have to go through just to get the best that we can. And the mentality of him still from being younger, of hey, I'm getting older, you know, right. and my friends are passing away still at numbers and it brings me back to childhood when my father and our dad uh, he calls him padre uh his dad uh gene holloman he uh, well senior have to say that because my little brother's junior <laughs> but uh would always tell him about the pain um i don't know what pain you're going through but if you put that pain somewhere else you're going to mentally be stronger for that and i will help you do that and he was his dad before he was ever my dad so wow. him getting that from that father figure that you know never wavered never went he always encouraged him and pushed him harder um coupled with my mom's nurturing aspect it was just like two siblings that we were like look we're here for you that Com combination was just like he created 
a beast, like a real yeah. go-getter, a real strong mentality. And I mean beast in the best way possible. Yeah. I mean, like, he's just that. He's it. He is him. <laughs> he is like, and I keep telling him, like, you're you're there, bro. You're already there. And he's like, oh, you know what? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, step that chest out. Stick that, you know, get your head up. Like, you're there. Like, who cares about, you know, whatever paperwork we got to do when we go to California or whatever. Like, you're there. We're good. You're good. I was like... And I'll always try to be your moral guide. You do what you do on the business side and we'll make sure we'll always come together. But it's definitely a family thing. He'll always remember, you know, the early on aspects of it, of how he became him and I became me. And our family really made us who we are as well. We're very tight knit. Very Oh, I can tell. I can tell. And what an impressive family y'all are. I mean, what good parenting. Goodness, like amazing. Y'all were just set up in such a positive way. Blessed. Super blessed. Yeah. Yeah. I got to just also mention in this point, as you're talking about your family being super tight knit, um, observing you and Hodges together in person was so cool. (laughs) Um, I was super drawn to both of you. Hodges and I had followed each other on social media for a while, and I had just been in awe of him because obviously he has junctional EB, which is what Hallie had, but obviously a different type. Okay. Okay. So Hallie had the more severe terminal type. Hodges is, um, his proteins are a little different that are missing. Um, but it was still completely amazing to me to see somebody, um, at his age, after everything that he's gone through to be so positive and upbeat and have the swag that he has. And I had just been like in awe of him on social media. And then we went to Seattle and got to meet him for the first time. And one of the first things I noticed was you actually, you guys were so close, so tight. It's like you came as this package deal. You obviously just have so much deep love for each other. It was such an amazing relationship to watch. And that's why I had to come up to you and be like, I got to meet you. Because it was like, you are just this really cool person. Tell me more. And then now I'm so glad that I did. But I just have to say, like, it's so obvious to everyone around you how close you guys are. Oh, I never even noticed that. <laughs> well, of but, course, you're in it. Yeah, okay. right, right, yeah. Like, <laughs> I knew outsider. we were the closest. Like, I, it would have to be like, you know what? Like, me and my brother, like, we literally would do everything together. Like, you know, like, from movies. And I would have to think back on, like, oh, why do I like this music? Or why do I like this song? And I'm like, <laughs> right. Hodges. He sent me my first cop, right? Hodges. That's it. And he would tell me all of his. And I'm like, oh, I did do that. Oh, yeah, we did go there or something like that. But yeah, it was amazing. Oh, that is what I wish for my children, to be honest. Like, I love watching that. I, yes. Like, that sibling relationship, it's every, every parent's dream to watch their kids yeah. be like that. Built in best friends, right? Yes. Yes. I'm like, listen, you all can tussle, but please make up. Like, yes. I want y'all to be like super tight knit, like our family. But it, it's it really is a blessing. It's definitely, I I would say, just 
that's the only thing I could say is a blessing. And it's amazing yeah. about how he did it and what he's currently doing. And I even get shocked to this day, like, Ooh, what are we doing? Next? Like, what's, what's going on? Like, oh, you pulled that. Oh, we about to go here. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I a ride, I bet. I feel like the sky's the limit with, with you guys. I mean, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever you want to do, I feel like you can do it. I feel like, you know, uh, having, having all of that kind of behind you, all that love and all that courage and all that strength, you know, I mean, the sky's certainly the limit. Um, so before we wrap up, I've, I've got one more question and then, uh, and if you've got any other questions, but, um, I, I'm just curious, Sarah, like, if you sit down and I'm sure you do on occasion and chat with uh, other families that are going through EB or going through anything that might be a, a disability or a, a going through a disease or going through something traumatic even, and what, what your advice would be to maybe a sibling, you know, relationship, what, what your advice would be to, to someone going through that or watching their sibling go through something like that, um, you know, if you could just kind of give them one one piece of encouragement, what what would that be? Um, I would say what understanding all around um, and giving grace to everyone around. Um, so if you're the sibling, uh, understanding what they're going through um, is not the same is what you're going through. So don't compare, mm. try to really understand what they're going through by asking questions. See if you could get them to open up to feel of how they feel. So you don't have to assume. And then you can go about it that way. And you're like, Oh, okay. I know this now. Not thinking like, Oh, this is my brother or sister or my sibling. So, you know, I may want it done this way. Never think of it like, how would I want to be treated? I know that's a cardinal golden rule, but as I got older, I realized it's how that person wants to be treated. Wow. Um, and it's not to say to, you know, be extra coddling or extra, you know, oh, you know, you can do it, but really understanding of, okay, today he may not be able to do what he did yesterday. Um, you know, Hey, do you want me to go get you some soda? Do you want me to open that without him having to ask or without your sibling having to ask? Think of them how and put, you know, how you, I guess, would want to be treated. But you know that person. You get to learn that person. You live with that person. So just step outside of your body to understand that person, uh, to take that extra step. Um, if they may not ask, just ask yourself, you know, and say, Hey, do, would you like this? If they don't make sure you learn them and understand them and encourage others around to understand and have grace as well. If they're not used to someone with the ailment or disability, um, in your family and your friends, I did that growing up. I would let my friends know like, Hey, um, my brother, you know, if this is your first time, he is not contagious. I, I made sure I went through. I was straightforward. I'm not ashamed of my brother. I'm proud of my brother. I am a firecracker. So I would go <laughs> to the end <laughs> for my brother. So I made sure I was very educational um, about his um, disorder, but very brief, not too entailed. And just like, hey, it's, it's a skin disorder, it's protein. And 
you know, he's literally just like you. So treat him just as such. And for advice for strangers, understand and give them grace. I had to also learn that um, because I was very protective of my brother more than he was of himself because he was used to it. Mm -hmm. Um, So still have understanding and grace for strangers as well, because one, they don't know. Two, they could be ignorant to the fact doesn't mean that they're just mean or indifferent. They could literally just be like, oh, this looks like something that they know. And they're trying to connect it with them and themselves or some something of another world or sort that is familiar to them. Um, and they may give stares or looks and to don't do what I did when I was younger and, you know, give stares back or maybe say something back. Give them grace, you know, um, give them more understanding what I do now. And if they ask, educate them. So That's I right. Live and learn. Live and learn. Educate. Yes. <laughs> so much compassion there. My final question actually is obviously, I think we all wish that EB didn't exist and there was no such thing as disabilities that make life hard and all of that stuff. If somebody is in a family where there is someone with a disability and they're feeling the struggle right now, like they're in it deep and they're feeling really kind of overwhelmed and just like it's not fair and that feeling down or depressed that, you know, moments that come along with dealing with hardships, right? If they're in that moment, what is something um, some piece of advice or some statement or some sort of hopeful thing that you could give them now that you, you know, I know you still have moments, but you have lived with this for quite some time. Is there any sort of hope or encouragement that you could give to somebody that's going through that right now? Um, be yourself and understand that you are enough for the person that is going through it you don't have to try to go through hoops and checklists and tasks and oh if I didn't do this today then oh wow you know I failed them or oh man I should have did this or second guess yourself to create negative or to create not positive thoughts right um and give yourself grace on that talk about it and if it gets to a certain point have a family therapy Talk yes. about it. If you don't have family therapy, go to an actual professional therapist yes. and talk about your feelings. Is the same feelings that they have, the same feelings that siblings have, the same feelings that the parents have, the same ones that have the disorder. We all have the same feelings. It might be different, you know, tailored to that person, yes. but talking it out and feeling it and understanding it, honestly, it's really if you're a praying person, pray, you know, saying to, to God, if you are intellectual, read up on um, the actual, you know, writings and books and scholars, excuse me, uh, written that's about the disorder. Learn more about it. Um, then ask more people about it, not just your sibling or your daughter or your son. Um, or if it's you and you're going through it, understand there's more people that are going through it, that you can talk to, that you're like, oh, it's not just me. I'm not just the sibling that's going through it. I'm not just the mom and dad that's going through it. I'm not just the person that's going through it. And having someone else go through that walk of life and that journey with you makes humans feel normal 
And when it's like normal, you're like, ah, oh, someone else feels the same way I feel. Like this sibling feels like I feel okay. I'm not like just in my own brain, you yeah. know? And I always tell Ray, like, I'm so glad. He was like, oh, you're a normie. And I was like, yeah, I know. I was like, I'm so glad you're not normal. I was like, no, he was like, yeah, normal's boring. I said, it sure is. <laughs> I was like, so let's all be like who you are, you know? And with I love that it. help, just get therapy, talk to someone, say it out loud, educate yourself and understand where someone is going through the same thing you're going through to make you feel better about what you're going through. Okay. So now I know why I like you so much. I already knew that I liked you so much, but I like a hundred and thousand percent agree with that. Obviously as a therapist, I think it's very healthy. So like professionally speaking, excellent advice, but also I am, and you'll, you'll learn this about me. And if, if you've listened to any of the podcasts, you've probably heard me say this before. I do not like when people are thinking of things as taboo. I do not like people feeling like they're on an island. I feel like that is the way to make everybody feel so crazy and alone and stressed out and all of that stuff. And so I completely agree. The more we talk about this, the more we realize that everybody is going through something. You're not alone. You're not crazy. There is support. And I think that just provides so much hope. So I love that advice. I'm like totally here for it. And I really appreciate you saying that. That's like, I'm like on board. So good. Thank you. So good. Yes. So very good. And, and listen, Sarah, you talk about, it's obvious that you and, uh, that you and Hodges and your whole family certainly, uh, have been blessed, but, uh, you guys are blessing us with your presence, not only sharing your story with our audience, but knowing that you guys are in the world, we, the, just, we're better for it. And, you know, we appreciate you putting your stories out there. They're, you know, very, very vulnerable uh, things to do. And, and we appreciate you sharing your, your highs and your lows and your strengths and, uh, your faith. I mean, all of it is really means a lot. And we appreciate you just taking the time and sharing all that with us on the podcast. It's been a real joy. I want to thank you and Anne and Dee and Anne. Thank you all for having this podcast and this platform to have us share our experiences because we can have it, but you all are making it happen. So I want to say thank you so much. Yes. Yes. It needs to be shared. We are so excited to do that. And we're so excited that you were part of this journey. So Thank you. Oh, before I leave, I wanted to tag in eblifestyle.org if you want more information on that. This is one of their original shirts. Such a good shirt. Beautiful. If you want more up-to-date shirts, this is like one of their first shirts, but you want some up-to-date shirts from us, please check out that website. Um, Any information on EB, check that out as well. And thank you all so much. Really, like this was a therapy session for me. (laughs) I'm about to go to my husband and be like, this is why. (laughs) That's right. That's right. It's so good. It's really good. 
for all of us to, to just share the things, you know, and, and say all the things. And so, yes, we want to encourage everybody to go to the show notes in the episode. Uh, we'll have links to EB lifestyle. We'll have links to all of the places you can go to follow them on Instagram. Uh, their Instagram is really cool. So you want to check that out. Very cool. Um, yeah, it really is. And, and, you know, you'll want to follow along with their journey and certainly support what they're doing and share this episode with someone, because I guarantee you, I don't care who's going through what, uh, someone will get something out of this that they can use so share this episode with someone Uh, sarah thank you again this has been great thank you thank you both so much it's so rewarding to know that we can all do something with the journey for a cure for eb if you're asking yourself but how can i help then you've come to the right place wouldn't that feel amazing to know you were helping families just like ann and joe's helping families around the world, HallieFlies.com. That's H-A-L-L-I-E flies.com, HallieFlies.com. Go to the website, make a donation. Every donation gets us closer. How else can you help? Share this episode with someone you know. We are more hopeful than ever that a much needed cure is in reach.